Shalom and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Shifman. The recaps from Maseches Kedushin Dafyomi are being sponsored by my good friend Mordechai Weinschneider. May our learning be a schus for him, Mordechai and Miriam Rivka, and may he only see bracha and atzlacha in his life. Now on to the episode. Today's daf Maseches Kedushin is Daf Chaf Aleph. We're beginning towards the top of Chaf Aleph Mud Aleph, and the we're gonna have five sections. The first really is a finale of yesterday. So yesterday, let's just recap what we finished off with yesterday. We had a brisa at the end of Chaf Mud Beis, um, which was trying to show the position of the Rabbanan, unlike the position of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon held, Bate Arechoma, houses that are sold in walled cities are able to be redeemed in halves, and the Rabbanan's position was they cannot. Um, now, the Gemara proved this from a Brisa. So what did the Brisa say? The Brisa said a Kalvachimer that would have proven that sanctified ancestral properties could not be redeemed in halves, which is why there was a necessity for Ingal Yigal, the extra Pasuk by Makdish Steachuza, to, to prove that Nonetheless, the halacha is you could redeem sanctified properties, uh, sanctified ancestral properties in halves. So now, the brisa, that brisa brought a kalvachomer. What would have been the kalvachomer? Is if regarding moicher steachuza, which had the, if regarding moicher steachuza, somebody who sells his ancestral property, it has a strength that it returns at Yovel. But it also has a weakness that it's not redeemed in halves. So Makdish Steachuza, which has the weakness that it's lost to the Kohanim at Yovel, certainly would have the weakness that it's not redeemed in halves. The Brisa continued and said, this is yesterday, the Pircha to that Kalvachomer is that Mocher Steachuza has a different weakness. It's not redeemed immediately versus Makdish Steachuza, it could be redeemed immediately. So the Kalvachomer doesn't stand and you don't need the Pasa because it's Pashat then that there should be the capacity for Makdish Steachuza to be redeemed in halves even without the Pasuk. So the Brisa said, that's not a pircha. Why? Because you see from one who sells his house in a walled city, although it is redeemed immediately, it has that strength. Nonetheless, it still has the weakness that it's not able to be redeemed in halves. The Kalvachomer is thus reinstated. And we need the Pasuk of Gal Yigal to teach us that Makdish uh, Steachuza is able to be redeemed in halves. Now today, this is where we start, the Gemara clarifies that we still even though you could refute the position of Meicher Bayes Bevate Arechoma, you can prove a, we- a weakness in that argument. Really, as the Gemara clarifies today, there is still a necessity for Imgoel Yigal because it's based on a three-way Tzada Shave. And let's explain. Really, you have three items that would have proven to the to the fourth, which in this case would be Makdish Steachuza, that it could not be redeemed in halves without Goel Yigal. And let's go through them. One, you start off with your Mocher Steachuza. Now, Mocher Steachuza has a weakness that it can't be redeemed immediately. So you also have Mocher Bayes Pivate Arichoma, but it also has a weakness it can't be redeemed after the first year. Now, there's a common weakness between these two, which is Mocher Bayes Pivate Arichoma and Mocher Steachuza, that they can't be redeemed in the second year. That's the common uh, weakness between them, which doesn't exist by Makdish Steachuza which is that you could redeem it in the second year. So therefore, we actually have to introduce a third 
item into this Tzad HaShavah, which is an Eved Ivri, who is Nimkar Legai, who is sold to a guy, which could be redeemed in the second year, but not redeemed in halves. And therefore, we've been able to prove from these three, re-supporting the Kalvachomer that would have proven from Mocher Steachuzah to Makdish Steachuzah that it shouldn't be able to be redeemed in halves. Therefore, you have the Pasuk of Gol Yigal, which teaches us in the Brisa that it could be, Makdish Steachuzah could be redeemed in halves. Okay, moving on to the second point of the day. Let's discuss the concept of Gulas Krovim for Bate Arechoma. Rav Huna so the third Shaila, he asked Rav Sheish, as he said, do we say a Gezer Shava, Gulas or Gulasa from Steachuza? And just as Gulas Krovim exists by Steachuza, it also exists by Bate Arechoma. Or we only say the Gezer Shava regarding what is stated in the Pasuk, which is Kidei Geulaso by Steachuza, that you can't redeem it in halves. Also, Batei Rechoma can't be redeemed in halves like the Rabbanan above, but not regarding Geulas Krovin. That's not a concept that applies through the Gezer Shava to Batei Rechoma. So if Sheish's answers, not, it's not redeemed through Krovin, which means we only make the Gezer Shava for not being redeemed in halves, not for the Allah of Geulas Krovin. The Gemara poses questions, which Rav Sheshes responds and explains as follows. The Pasuk that says, which includes other things that are redeemed by Krovim, includes which is un, houses in unwalled cities, as a chova. It actually teaches that there's a responsibility for relatives to step in, in addition to which is the simple comparison to that teaches us, that Bechol teaches us actually that they're not only allowed to redeem Batei Chatzerim, but they're required to. And Ve'ishki, as Rashi explains, Ve'ishki, lo yiyei lo goel, is to teach us if there's closer relatives who don't have money, so then the next in line will be responsible to redeem, which is in the opinion of Rebbe Yezer. Bishu actually argues and says that it's all just a reshus. They're not required to redeem these Batei Chatzerim and Steachuza, and we'll focus on his opinion later. And Rav Sheshis also explains that when the Brayse says three times Yigalenu, by, it's talking about an Eved Ivri who's Nimkar Legoi to teach us Karav Karav Kaidem, which means uh, the inclusion term is to say that even by Batei Chatserim and Steachuza, you have the same principle like an Eved Ivri is sold to a guy, that it's the immediacy of relatives who aren't responsible, and then it goes to the next ones if those that are closer don't have the ability to redeem him. Okay, now moving on to the third point of the day, let's talk about Geulas Krovim for Eved Ivri, Nimkar Yisrael. So again, the question was posed. <clears throat> um, regarding is is Evet Ivri and Nimkar Yisroel is he going to be considered um, is there a mitzvah of Geulas Krovim here so the Gemara clarifies this is not a question within the opinion of Rebbe because clearly Rebbe holds as we brought in Tesvavim and Beis that there is no such mitzvah by Nimkar Yisroel but the question is in the opinion of the Rabbanon do we learn Sachir Sachir from Nimkar Yisroel from Nimkar Ligoy and the Miyot from Yigalenu will not exclude Nimkar Yisrael from being responsible to have Gulas Krovim. Or do we learn that there is a Miyot and therefore it's only a mitzvah of Gulas Krovim by Nimkar Legoy, but not by Nimkar Yisrael? So the Gemara brings the first proof and rejects it, which is from Bechol Eretz Achuzaschem, Gilatitnu. It's interpreted to not refer to Nimkar Yisrael, but rather Nimkar Legoy. And we explain that Krovim are required, even according to Rabbi Yeshua, here it's a requirement. Even though he held above by Steachuza, it's only a Rishus. Here it will be a requirement, the Pasuk of Bechol. Uh, to say that since we don't want this Jew to remain by the Goyim, 
So he doesn't learn from them. Here, the Yorsh, the the the, the, the relatives would actually be required to redeem their relative. So therefore, it has nothing to do with our Shiloh. Moving on now to Chafal from Udbeis. The second proof and its rejection, the Gemara says again is, and this is where Nachum Bar Yitzchak comes up, which is, it says Yigalena three times by a Jew sold to a guy. And the way the Gemara interprets it is it's not talking about Nimkar Yisrael, but rather it's Batei Chatserim and Steachuza. And again, it teaches this concept of immediacy of relatives, not for Batei Rechom or Nimkar Yisrael, but rather when it comes to Batei Chatserim and Steachuza, that there's a requirement to... Um, there's a requirement to redeem in the order of immediacy of relatives. Bottom line, this Shiloh about every Nimkali Yisrael is not answered. We don't know if Ulas Krovim is applicable to it or not. Okay, let's move on now to the fourth section of the day. The source is in Halachos of Nirza, as we spoke in our Mishnah, and we'll add on to it. The, the Mishnah had told us that when it comes to a nirza, which is this Eved Ivri who essentially extends his sentence, that he's acquired with the boring of his ear, and the psukim dictate this, as well as that he's freed with Yovel and death of the master, and the Gemara brings psukim to dictate this as well. Now we have a brysa. The brysa quotes one machlekes, which is if you can use other sorts of tools, like wooden tools, or Biosi Brabuda says you can, and Rebbe says you're not allowed to. The Gemara later explains that this is based on a machlokis. If we expound the psukim as klalu pratza, they're less inclusive and more particular, which is the position of Rebbe. Or if we expound them with the method of riboy miut, which is uh, more inclusive and only would exclude acid, and that's why, as Rebbe Yudah says, you can, include, you can utilize wooden sharp tools also to bore the ear. The Brisa continues and says that the hamartseya, which the Gemara explains the extra hay, as we find by Gidan Nasha, teaches it's a particular, specific, uh, significant tool, teaches us that you can you can use the large martseya, the large uh, awl, for this purpose. The Brisa continues and says in Machlaikis, if you bore the hole in the ear lobe, which is Rebelazar quoting Yudan Baribi, his position, uh, or according to the Chachamim, you actually bore the cartilage, which they evidence this from, because we paskin that a Kohen cannot become a Nirtz as it makes him into a Balmum, and then he wouldn't be able to Veshav el Mishpach to return to his family position of being a Kohen, and the only place that would make him into a Balmum is the cartilage, so it must be that's where you pierce it in order for this Halacha to be true. Okay, moving on to the fifth section, now we're going to discuss the uniqueness of an Eved who's a Kohen, receiving a shifcha, as well as the halachas of Yifas Toar. So the Gemara says, regarding an Evid with a shifcha, we have a machlokis. A Kohen who is an Evid Ivri, is he allowed to be given a shifcha kananis? Rav says that he can be given a shifcha kananis. Shmuel says he can't. Shmuel's position is refuted based on the reasoning of the Chachamim above, because the Chachamim say the Kohen can't become a Nirza because it'll make him into a, a blemished Kohen. But according to Shmuel, there's a different issue, because he can't say a Hafti es Ishti. So therefore, it must be the fact that Chachamim don't make that argument. It must be he could actually have a Shifcha Kenanis, and the only reason he can't become a Nirza is because it'll make him into a Balmum. Regarding Yifas Torah, we also have a Machlokis. Rav says he could take this beautiful woman in war. Shmuel says he can't. Now, there's two versions explaining this latter Machlokis. The first way we explain it is regarding Biri Shona, everyone agrees, because that's where the Torah, Lodibra Torah, El Keneged Yetzir Hara, it was based, it basically to prevent man from sinning in a way that he otherwise would have, Be'isr. So there the coins just as included, but the debate is only by Biyashniya if he'd be allowed to engage in the second intimacy, 
Or the second version of the Machlokis is Biashnia both agree it's Usr because she's like a Giyaris, which is prohibited to a Kohen. The only debate is regarding Biarishona. Then the Gemara moves on to tell us general laws of Yafas Tor, and it starts as follows. You're only allowed to take Yafas Tor if he wants her as a wife during war, not if he already took her as a slave and then took her afterwards as a wife. He's even allowed to have an Ashes Ish. The Torah is combating the Yitzhar so as to say it's better that you should take Basar Temusa's Shchutos. At least it should be. Uh, flesh of an animal that's dying but not dead yet that's slaughtered and not to take it when it's already died and it's like a nevela. In this case, Torah permits it because you're going to take this woman either way. Moving on to Chafbez Mud Aleph, even if she's not attractive, you can take her. You can only take one woman. Kedushin is binding despite a forced conversion. He's not allowed to take one woman for himself and one for his father or his son. And finally, he can't have relations during war, which actually clarifies for us, when we said earlier, Bia Rishona, it's doesn't seem to be talking about during war. It seems to be a bit after, which Tosfus proves from against Rashi's position here and creates a discussion as to when Biarishona exactly is if it's not during war. Okay, we're stopping here at the top of Chaf Beis and Aleph. Bez Hashem will pick up tomorrow with Daf Chaf Beis. And everybody have a wonderful day.